The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the truth. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when nickels down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who goes this town tonight. Hey, welcome to the Quarman Sports Talk. It is a Thursday morning. We are live in the studio. Let me give you a a quick heads up about the showtime starting March 8th. The show will be at 9 a.m. instead of 10 a.m. I don't like it at all because of the traffic situation here in Arizona. <clears throat> Although a global show, the time will still be the same time everywhere else. Just in Arizona, we don't move times. But March 8th, the show will be at 9. Somehow, some way, I'm going to have to fix that because the traffic is... Traffic's not even good at 9 for the past month, so 8 o'clock is going to be crucial, which means I have to get up early, I have to go to bed uh, a lot earlier. 888-346-9144 is the name of the show. Got a lot. It's the numbers of the show. Since when do you go to bed? I shouldn't go to bed. You look like you, yeah, you never go to bed anyway. I I was up late last night. You know, I heard you referred to as the Phoenix, like the Batman of Phoenix. What that mean? Like you swarm in, you swarm out. People, the people love you, but you always keep one or two haters around. I gotta keep a hater around. Keeps me on my toes. Yeah, that means you're relevant. Yeah, to I, to an extent. I like haters though. I don't. I don't shy away from haters. But you know where those haters stay? They stay arm distance away. They hate from a distance. So if I don't like you, I'm gonna tell you in your face. I don't like you. <laughs> I will. I, I, I'm gonna tell I mean, you in your face. Fine. I don't like you. And you, well, you don't know that I don't like you. So, <laughs> so Batman is yeah. that like before they enter your face or no, after just the fact? Like, man, he don't like me. No, I, I don't. Li- I'm not gonna not like somebody for no for any reasons. For just just to not like them. Yeah, it, but you know what? You could people from afar. We like we like and dislike a lot of people from afar anyway. So you never sat down and talked to me, but you got a problem with me, mm-hmm. which means you an idiot. So now I don't like you. You get, sit down, and talk to me, figure out what your problem is. Because man to man, I I was look. I got a problem with you. Here's my mm-hmm. problem. You want to sit down and talk about this? Mm-hmm. You want to do this inside or outside? <laughs> you want to do this inside or outside? It's just it's simple. Yeah, that's Batman. It's, it's real simple. Yeah, that's Batman. It's real simple. Um, but that's what it is. I don't know. I don't know where you heard that from. But <laughs> no, I ran into uh, Vinny Del Negro. <laughs> oh. He said he golf with. Oh, there you go. Now, he, uh, yeah, yeah. No, Vinny's good guy. Yeah, Vinny. Oh, tremendous. I guy. like Vinny. See, that's what. See, that's I my like guy. Vinny. Yeah, I like Vinny. He's so he's so smooth. And he was. I told him, you know that. Somehow, somewhere, I knew you, mm-hmm. and uh, he was like, "Oh yeah, I love that guy. He, he's he's like Batman, you know. <laughs> like everybody loves him. I love him. Vin- Tell him I said what's up. Give me a shout out. Vinny has a smooth golf swing. Does he? Oh you my know, goodness! It, it goes along with his. I'm you know, sh- when I was thinking of Vinny Del Negro, when I met him, I was thinking, you think- "All right, winning his coach in the Clippers history, a <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, guy who gets fired for winning ball games, which I don't understand." Um, can't win a playoff game, Vinny Del Negro, but I didn't know he was that smooth. Yeah. 
that man is cool s- and smooth. Cool, yes. We um, well, there's a lot of coaches that can't <laughs> win a big game. True that they can get you to the game, Marty Schottenheimer, but they can't win a big game. <laughs> there's a lot of coaches like that, man, yeah. out there. And unfortunately, and then we, we have some coaches, and we we talking about, you know, you you mentioned Vinny. He is a cool dude. He he's real mm-hmm. down to earth. You. You can talk to him. See, them the guys I like. Mm-hmm. Guys you can approach. Yeah, you can approach Vinny. He'll sit there and talk to you. Yeah, And that's how I am. And that's one thing. And see, to me, that's a compliment um, about what people say about me. And I don't really do well with compliments. I know as soon as you give me a compliment, you're going to say something slack, right. real slick on the other side of it. But he's one of those guys where whereas you can approach him. And I've always been approachable. It's mm-hmm. not like I was a mega star. Um, in my head, I was a mega star, but... <laughs> But you can approach me. I don't turn people away. Okay, yeah. And he he's that guy. He um, is. But that you know, you talking about coaches. We got a. Um, we didn't get to talk about it on air Wednesday because we were off. Mm-hmm. But Brian Shaw is is it rightfully so that he got fired out of the uh, Denver Nuggets? And I mean, first of all, he didn't. In my opinion, he didn't have anything to work with. Second of all, he lost control of the team. Third mm-hmm. of all, he didn't raise those boys to men. They should have been men already because they. Four years ago, this three years ago, this team was winning in the, in the West. Yeah, true. It was competitive, I should say. And they had some but, pieces that left, though. Right, but now, still, it's grown man sport. I never understood how grown men can get beat up by another grown man consistently. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes those guys are just as good as you are, if not better, so they're going to win. But competitively, you find a way to win a, a basketball game. Mm-hmm. You don't lose your team, Brian Shaw. When your team is saying uh, four or five, six weeks, and that's their break out of the huddle, which means that's the end of the season. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I don't. I it's don't. Funny. Don't make it public. Comedy wise, yeah, but don't I make mean, it public. Yeah, don't because you just got a guy fired who who's a great. Um, I can't use the word great because I never sat down with Brian Shaw, who from outside looking in is a good. Um, he's a great a leader. He's a great coach. He's, he's a great, a great leader. leader of, of men. He is. And before, you know, Frank Vogel got up to to the power of coaching ranks that he rose up to in Indiana because Brian Shaw was right under him. Brian Shaw ran that team. And yeah. most of the Pacers, if you were around that organization, you know Brian Shaw came in there and he pretty much ran that unit. He's a team player. He's a player's coach. So all the players, you know, can sit down and talk with him at any time. And there was a bunch of guys, you know, who made comments who used to play for Brian Shaw. Like, how can you not play for a guy like that? Right. And understanding where he coming from, from the Lakers, from Indiana, He's a winner, and not only when he played, but after in the coaching ranks as well. So he goes to Denver. The team doesn't buy in. He lost a few pieces. You lose JaVale McGee, Andre Iguodala. JaVale McGee might be in Boston now. Exactly. And those were the guys who were pushing that team towards that playoff ring before he even got to town. And then you remove two of those guys, and then some guys off the bench, some pieces get moved around as well. We we got Dougie B on the line. But I Uh I want to still elaborate on that because some of these coaches – I don't know why you would take a chance on a coach and just to say, well, we gave this guy a chance or we gave that guy a chance. You will have some hopes of winning, but some coaches get hired. Like I thought the Philadelphia 76ers coaches got hired just to assemble a team, and then they go bring in a coach to coach all that talent. But then we watch what Philadelphia does. They, they, mm-hmm. they break up their team. Mm-hmm. They let uh, Michael Carter, they let guys like him go. And you can, probably, you can almost see it through last year's draft when they drafted those guards. And then he felt like he was going to be traded. He didn't know he was going to be traded. Mm-hmm. He said, well, I guess I might be looking for another job. Right. And he was the star of the team. And that was like a ha-ha-ha moment. Right. But 
But we got Dougie B. You Dougie B. What up? What up? What up? Okay, what? Martin. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, even watching Martin. Mm-hmm. What's yeah. up, man? Uh, we we talking about uh we were talking about uh how smooth men feel Del Negro was uh Vinny Del Negro are. And then we start getting to Brian Shaw. You you seen some of this Brian Shaw situation where uh, his team? I, I think he lost the team. Uh, and there's reports that you know he he just think these are young boys. They're not men. But as a coach, you should be able to have put an imprint on these young boys. And as Demery mentioned, he did lose a lot of key pieces, and they're not winning at all. But then here's why I say he lost the team. When a team is publicly in the huddle breaking down four, five, six. Weeks of the season left. I, I think there's something wrong with that, uh, and maybe, maybe he had it of uh, playing at the high level that Brian Shaw played at. The, the studying under different coaches of uh, the Phil, Phil Jackson, and the coaches he's been around. Maybe he think, well, maybe the Denver Nuggets is doing me a favor, getting me out of here mm-hmm. because he's gonna get right. another coaching job. Um, he he should, but right now immediately he's gonna be assistant for somebody. Maybe that's in New York. Doug, you've been paying, you've been paying a little attention to this. Yeah, and, and a couple things is Indiana is really the the players are coming to his side. Um, I know Paul George tweeted out, "I don't understand how you can't play for B. Shaw," um, and they're talking as when he was with Indiana and he was an assistant coach, uh, he built strong relationships with the players out there. But you also got to look at communicating with the players as a head coach is a totally different challenge than just being an assistant coach. Um, so you know we got to look at. What part of this is on Brian Shaw, and what part of that is on the player, uh, the players? Now, the players itself are breaking that huddle. Yeah, I know Demery said it was kind of you know comedian and stuff like that, but at the same time, man, you're a grown man playing a professional sport. To me, that's childish kind of stuff, man. You know, if you want to joke around like that in the locker room, but when you've got TV on you, you've got you know however many fans they're filling in the stadium. I mean, kids are seeing that and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So you got you got to know when and where to do stuff. Um, you know, it kind of comes back to Coach Billings when he was doing that, what's we'll called discipline. Know when to do that, know where to do it, but to do that in the season. So there's still what three, four, five weeks left. Right, and winners don't do anything like that. Even if no. you, even if you say, okay, Coach. Now <clears throat> there's a there have to be somebody who's passionate about. Because you can't get in that huddle. You're not going to get in the huddle. I don't care what huddle that is. I don't care if it's us three in the studio. You're not going to agree to something that just don't feel right. You're just not going to do it to be doing it. You're not going to get in the huddle and mm-hmm. say five, six, uh, four, five, six, you know, weeks left in the huddle and break the huddle that in that manner. You're going you're gonna to say, okay, coach, or talk to whomever is the culprit of that Neanderthalish mentality. Well, what we need to do? How do we get better? Where do we go from here? We we the worst. We not the Denver Nuggets that we used to be because we did lose a few pieces. They even played well when they got rid of Carmelo Anthony. That was what four or five years ago. They played well when they got mm-hmm. rid of him. So I thought the Denver Nuggets would still be able to you know salvage some type of team, and then they fired the coach. What was it, George Carlin? George Carlin. They fired. Well, he him. got sick. He, he had got his sick. illness, and right. so he. You know, no, he didn't, they parted yeah, ways. That so. was probably a mutual yeah. uh, departure. But when you get rid of a Hall of Fame coach, you still have to find a way to win. This, like, like I said earlier, grown men have to be competitive. I don't care. There's 28 teams. What is it? 28 teams in that league. 32, 32 teams in the league. You have to be competitive. You have to find a way to not to be the worst team out there. Even if you feel like you got to work on your craft. Even if you feel like 
You know, that team is just out. They just outplayed us. They got better people off the bench. They got a better three superstars than we do have that too, but somebody had to step up. Then This is where you can create superstars or, or create serviceable role players that come in and get the job, and then you find out who's who on your team. The Denver Nuggets and their, and their way of breaking the huddle, huddle. You even got Kevin Garnett saying, you know, these players – the uh, team quit on on Brian Shaw. Yeah. When you got when you got players saying it, it's more so not the coach. It's more so who they're talking about. And I think they're talking about the players on the Denver Nuggets teams. So if you can do that with the Denver Nuggets, then why would I want you on my team when you're a free agent? When it's not going good, you are gonna find a way to quit. Right, yeah. and it's it's so funny because a lot of the veterans they come out and say, you know, right now in this day and era at the game of the NBA. A lot of guys aren't mature enough to handle 82 games, no matter if they're winners that year or losers. I mean, Kobe Bryant said it himself uh, through a whole facial expression. He didn't even have to say anything when the Lakers started cheering at their victory uh, on the Jimmy Kimmel Live when they showed that. That whole facial expression, like, this ain't necessary. You know, where's the maturity at? Right. That's the winner. Like, that's the winner. That's the winner mentality. Like, you act like you've been there before. And, you know, with the Nuggets, yeah, show some be, – be a professional. Kevin Garnett ain't, what, won a playoff series in, since Boston Since days. he won a championship. Right. And now look at him. He's, he's went all the way to my to Minnesota, and he's changing the whole concept, the whole mindset, the whole locker room, put, making guys putting their phones away, laptops away before a game. Damn like, it's right. crazy. You can't even pull out your phone. But that is if that's what veteran. it takes, yeah, if that's what it takes, yeah, right now we're losing, but we got to do some things differently, obviously. And you can't leadership. Mm-hmm. And you can't, yeah, you can't put that all on the head coach. Dougie B, you hit it right there. It's all about leadership. Ty Lawson was definitely called out numerous times about his leadership role in the last few seasons. And now this occurs with the players breaking it down, saying six weeks, five weeks, which is hilarious. But that's more of, of look at me. And nobody wants to play with a guy like that, Kwame, to your I, point. I, nobody, I, I know I, I wouldn't, wouldn't want to. I, I would have no. I I like, got in the fight in the locker room. I know me. Right. I would have got in the fight in the locker room. I, oh, I would have. I would have been in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would have been my intentions to fight, but I would have said something like, "Why, why are you showing up every day? Because you getting a check? Yeah. What's the point? Yeah. Why are you showing cause up? They, uh, yeah, because they know they, this season about the money. You can't you, play. Nice, you play for the money. You gonna you gonna always you gonna lose. I say you you go ahead and ball out any sport. You go ahead and ball out, and the money will come. And that's easy to say mm-hmm. for somebody when the quarterback says stuff like that. That's easy to say, quarterback. You got the, you got a franchise money. You the uh, face of the. Supposed to be the face of the team. You have money. You can't say that to some free agents, the guys who just coming off and made the team off practice squad. You can't say it to them. They got to play. They want the they want the money also, but they also want to um, put that work in to become a starter mm-hmm. to get those the end game uh, some financial stability. You know, but look at it this way too: with those players breaking the huddle the way they did, it's just not the fans that see that. It's the GMs. It's the head coaches. So they're essentially screwing themselves over when it comes ready to be signed up because that's going to be in the back of the mind by the GM is, do I really want you on my team? You know, and so you come up to negotiation talks, it's going to screw you over big time. Right. And every, and every coach, every GM, they watch more thoroughly. They watch thoroughly at the end of a season, Especially if you're having a losing season, to see what guys what guys are still playing. Let's say a new coach come in, which they will. The Nuggets will get a new coach, but this mm-hmm. is across the board, professionally, even in high school, you get a new coach. When I watch film and I see that we were uh, 
30 and 50 on a season, 30 and 52 on a season, I'm going to say what guys played to the end. And those are the guys I'm going to keep around and get rid of the rest because I can work with guys who have a passion, who, mm-hmm. who plays down. Regardless of the situation, they keep playing ball, and they understand what's going on right in front mm-hmm. of them. But, yeah. LeBron James get tackled pretty much, or WWF swung around, WWE swung around. Uh, he makes a comment that he might need to protect himself. And I agree with LeBron James. Just because you big, uh, there's ways to stop anybody, really. You can get in front of them. Now, you're going to get fouled anyway. Swinging LeBron James around is a foul, probably going to be a flagrant. Uh, he's 260, 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. Mm-hmm. You can get in front of him and stop him. When we've seen LeBron, when that did happen, does happen, you know, still get the and one. I think what happened to him in the, in the past few weeks, now he's now he's a crybaby himself in his own right. He right. he complains about a lot of stuff that should go away. He's a superstar. Super, yeah, and and <laughs> that's that, that's the privilege that's of being a superstar. Mm-hmm. But it's not right, and I don't think I don't think any superstar should complain. Michael Jordan. I don't think any. I've seen people walk past Michael Jordan. They got fouled. The ball wasn't even in play. They they <laughs> they they blew a whistle. So when it started, he was at the line. Mm-hmm. LeBron James get kicked in the groin, almost in the groin. I think it was really on his thigh. Yeah, accidentally on purpose. And then and then uh, you have this guy. You have a uh, who's a Swung him around. I don't think. Um, I I, believe, I don't think what LeBron James said was wrong. I, I don't think LeBron James is a fighter. I said, and I, I mentioned this Tuesday on the show. He's not fighting anybody. He should, but him being swung around, him saying what he said. How, what do you get? What are your guys' takes on it? Take on it, and I, I will hope to see him just swing on somebody, and then you get an understanding. You can't do. This I mean, thing. yeah, for him to protect himself as a man, you will, you know, you will want to see him, you know, protect himself. Throw maybe one little elbow, a nudge, or a punch, whatever it takes. You know, take that fine, <laughs> take the fine. But right. uh, you know, at, at the same time, he is in the superstar role. So a lot of guys, if you've seen the game against Houston, the Rockets last week, where the guys was being tested, getting in his head. And, you know, he, he can't concentrate. You, obviously, he doesn't play the same LeBron way. Um, missing free throws, you get inside his head, you know, and guys are now going to see that and test that way. If you get inside LeBron's head, if you make him angry, upset, whatever it takes, that's the only way you're going to stop this beast or whatever, game in and game out. But at the same time, where are the guys, where's Kevin Love at? Where's Big Man at to set the tone, set it's the moment? It's not where's, the New York Knicks. It's not Dougie oh, B. Where, not where's, yeah, where's Oakley, Mason, Mason where's Bill and Beer at? Yeah, where, 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 where are these guys at? Come and on, Kevin Love. Come on. You, your superstar, well, <laughs> look at Jordan team. Um, he has he had guys around him that would go out to people. Oh, yeah. Why we, we don't win a championship or get close to winning a championship or even in the playoffs if you're hurting my superstar. I got to take that charge. I got to take that... I gotta take that. I take the fine. I take the fine. <laughs> I take the fine. Doug, uh, we gonna come back, Doug. Doug, I'm gonna let you speak on that when we come back. We gonna go to a quick break. Come right back and and let you speak on the uh, LeBron situation. Kwame Lassie Sports Talk. Doug can be online. Demar Lachey in the studio. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. America Sports. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. 
don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Yeah, this one right here goes out to all the babies, mamas, mamas. Mamas, mamas. Welcome back. Kwamla Sports Talk, 888-346-9144. That is the number. Dougie B is on the line. Demi is in the studio. Doug, you go ahead real quick. We're going we're gonna to move on to the – there's a lot of news going around in the sports world, but we are here in Arizona, although global, globally. The um, the news is the 49ers signed on their docket. Speak on LeBron first, and let's move on into that. Well, no, with LeBron, though, you, he's going to be in a tough position now because he's got the superstar type thing. So – if he tries to lash out a little bit, whether it's a swing, whether it's an elbow, something like that, now you have that possibility of possibly taking that kind of image that you have of that kind of good guy never gets in a fight. But now, the other part of it, you've got all these players that have seen what you can do to get inside your head to kind of really kind of make you a little, a little girl by kind of shoving you, pushing you, knowing you're not going to do anything back. So he's in that tough, tough spot right now and and what do you do? You know, do you put that swing out there and, and show guys, all right, I'm done, and possibly take your image? Or do you just continue trying the ball and work on your game and not let these guys get in your head? So, See, well, this when you know when guys become puppets, when they when they do exactly what you said, or, or, or to your comment, they um, he have this image. He has this good boy, this good guy image, um, but he doesn't do anything. So... Somebody's controlling him to saying don't do anything. Nobody p- grows up playing basketball and don't get in a fight because the first thing you start doing is playing street basketball. You play in the park. There's always fights in the park. And then tomorrow we come back and we play again. But we got an understanding you can't foul me that way. I don't mind fouls. I personally, me personally, I don't call foul. When we used to play basketball in the off seasons and get in shape and I never call foul unless it's game point. That's the only time I would do it because I, you wouldn't lose a game for something like this. But LeBron playing at a higher level than that, and he had he had to come from a street street ball. 
you didn't home your game up in the gym. That come from the street game. And, and, you know, and he, he, there's no street games where he grew up. Are you? There's, there's street games everywhere, everywhere. Street even games, even in Akron, away, you, you ever been to Akron? You've been to Akron. You'll know, and you <laughs> you will know there's there's some things places in Akron like anywhere else. You don't go, but right. don't be calling. Uh, don't I will say this because I heard you say he might be a girl or something like that. But Ronda Rossi might have something to say about that. That's a bad girl. <laughs> That's a street yeah. fighter right there. But no, I, I wish LeBron would, you know, take a shot. But that's when you, that's when you know who the puppets are in the league because they worrying about their image and their branding. Now, their image and branding pays them a lot of money, and some guys just don't want to mess up that up. But why would I take a chance of getting hurt? I can't play hurt. Look at Kevin. Uh, look at Kevin Durant. Look at the uh, the number two in MVP voting, Russell Westbrook. He comes. He had facial surgery. Comes missed one game and comes back. But yeah, I wish LeBron James. We move off this. I wish LeBron James would do something because he's 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 too big to let guys do stuff like that. I, I just don't know anybody f- where I'm from that would do that. That would allow that. And I grew up around some ballers. 49ers signed Darnell Dockett to a two year contract. The deal was worth seven point five million dollars. I'm More, taking Darnell off my Twitter account, man. You, you sound you sound crazy. You sound just like a Cardinals fan. You sound no, just like a Cardinals fan. We, hey, did we not talk about this last week, though, with Darnell and how hypocritical he sounded with uh, uh, what's that linebacker that left? Uh, Dansby? That Carlos and he Dansby? He did the same damn thing, man. So shut your mouth. But he had to open his mouth, talk about Dansby, and now he did the same thing. So I don't think so. Uh, Darnell. I don't think. It wasn't his decision, it, though, right? The Cardinals, the Cardinals he was, just didn't. They didn't, didn't want to sign him. Yeah. Dansby was up. <laughs> Dansby contract was up. Darnell's contract is not up. They cut Darnell. They cut well, him because they didn't want to call that. But I'm talking about if if Darnell never said anything about Dansby leaving the way he did, then I would have no issue with it. Yeah, but it's not but the same situation. Critical with the statements he made last year. I know. Was, I know exactly what mm-hmm. uh, you're talking about. But Carlos Dansby contract was up, and the Cardinals and everybody that know football know the Cardinals should have signed Carlos Dansby. We're talking about uh, Darnell Dockett having another year on his contract, and, and the Cardinals didn't want to. If San Fran can give you seven point five, the Cardinals can give you seven point five. They just, you know, that they 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 had to take care of Larry Fitzgerald, obviously, because Larry has always been taking care of them mm. when there wasn't a quarterback. So they had to take care of that. That goes without saying. Right. We all mm. agree with that. But you talking about divorce in the locker room? See, here's where football don't start on on the football field. It starts in that locker room. When you can get when you got some continuity with the guys and you got a relationship and everybody know who's who, not that that's Carlos that's uh, Darnell Dockett. He's the he's our leader. It's just no, we know Darnell Dockett. He this how he play. Everybody, you get a it's almost like a family environment. You know who in your family you could do what to and say what to, um, be around how you could be around those guys and what kind of jokes you can joke around with. It, football starts in the locker room, and people who never get into the locker room, and that's and those people I'm talking about referring referring to are uh, scouts. They don't come in the locker room a whole lot. They stay in that other office upstairs. Or when I'm talking about, uh, there's a lot of snitches that walk through the locker room also. But you might have some on the team. But people that 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 write the checks, they don't come down in the locker room. They don't see how important a Donnie and Dockett is to that young group of guys, and maybe. Maybe we it's a, maybe the system or the defense itself is set up where anybody can go up there. Anybody with some kind of a 
ability can go in there and make that team work, and it won't be a letdown. But uh, he's not the same as uh, Carlos Dansby because Dansby contract was up. Darkett didn't go for the money. It's seven point five. You you would would you stay for six point eight million? Or seven, or you go for seven point five if your contract is up, not to leave. He's been cut. Darkett was up. You know, if you're the Cardinals, are you looking at? Would you rather have Darnell Darkett or save some money for uh, Washington coming back as well? Because to me, Washington is a better piece to that defense than Darnell is now. I would have got I would have got Darnell Darkett. Washington showed me that he's gonna do what he want to do. He showed me two or three times, and the reason why he was suspended for a full year, not six games. Not four games, not eight games, a full year because he realized he's going to do what he want to do when he want to do it. Now, I'll say this. You bring these guys in, and and Washington is a great piece because that's got to play sideline to sideline. He can cover, and he, uh, he makes tackles. He's around the football every play. When you bring guys in, obviously someone's not doing their research because I said this years ago. And this happened on the collegiate level. I'm bringing guys in. You you got to do your research of where he's from, where this guy come from, uh, what's going on in his life, how many times he's been in trouble. Um, and then I think every football, professional football team, even the college football team, they should have a psychiatrist uh, or a um, a a psych unit unit. On, on the premises, on campus, every day. So them guys have something to come to. So maybe instead of me going out doing what I want to do, maybe I go talk to somebody. As, as long as it's confidential, and most times, you know, things are supposed to be confidential. You talk to somebody who's in the program, it's supposed to be, it's, most times it's not. And it's supposed to be, unless it's life-threatening, then you have to tell somebody. So let me ask you this. With Darnell gone, do you keep with that D-line you have? That show they, they were pretty solid last year. Yeah. But you also look at with Vince Wilford, uh talk is he's done with, with a New England. He's done with Did the you try to bring him in for that veteran leadership for that, that line that's young? No, but they got a they got a young uh nose tackle. They got a young D tackle, uh, and they were bringing him up. I think he'll be okay. If you can get now Vince Because Clay is I, Clay is gonna bring some veteran leadership to that defense right. he's been around he for a while now. He is. I think that's gonna be where your uh leadership comes from on the, not just the defense, but on that D line. Uh, but yeah. if you can get Vincent Wilford for cheap, yeah, get him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think they were pretty strong with just the D line, the defensive front they had last season. Even even without Darnell Dockett, I mean, you getting those guys for cheap, you get them another year under their belt. They have the confidence, they have that swagger. You get Calais Campbell, all pro. You can move him around because he's a big boy. That's a big body. You can actually uh, put him into some places that you know you didn't see him. Uh, as much as you did last season. So, you know, he's able to – he has another year under his belt, so he's able to be fixture, kind of like a J.J. Watt. You can throw him in different uh, positions on that D-line. So I think with the guys that they have now, they're pretty cheap. They can win. They have the confidence now. And, yeah, I mean, if you bring in a guy like Vince Wilford, that's tremendous. Uh, I mean, that would upscale that D-line to a whole nother level. But – at the same time, I wouldn't waste my money for what I have now. I mean, I think they have a defensive front that can take them a long way with the Cardinals. Um, I think they have the great defensive front now. So, and maybe the Cardinals don't like because I don't. I don't see any other reason why they shouldn't have tried to sign Darnell Dockett back. And not say shouldn't have tried because I'm sure they tried, but they wanted to probably get him for the low. 
Donald Dockett finished his Cardinals career with 459 tackles, 40.5 sacks, 12 fumble recoveries, 7 forced fumbles, and 4 interceptions as a defensive lineman. Uh, it, but it, it was also in a, in a Todd Bowles package scheme also. Also, he played under Wizard Hunt and those guys in, the, in that defensive staff. He had three sacks to tie Super Bowls, uh, Reggie White, for the most in the Super Bowl. Three sacks in the Super Bowl when they played Pittsburgh. Um, but Donald Dockett in his 11 years, as I mentioned, signed $7.5 million. $2 million, he'll make $4 million next year on his contract, $2 million of it in uh, a $2 million guarantee. In 11 years, and the Cardinals couldn't sign him, and all he did, he did everything he could with them and for them. So I got to be believing something other than football. Maybe it's the social media because he's, you know, he stays active on social media. He's out there hard. He 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 he's on it all the time. Is you kind of you kind of following his mode, Doug? You, you tweet about the birds flying off the trees. He <laughs> <laughs> Donnell Dockett is a uh, the Cardinals should have found a way to keep him and and I, I understand why. He went to a team that's in the division because in the San Francisco 49ers. I understand why he did stuff, something like that. Now, you look at the uh, Philadelphia situation when they trade Shady McCoy. They've got rid of everybody that made sense. And if, if Macklin doesn't come back, you, you can look at this organization and this coach and say, well, he wants his Oregon team and he wants his philosophy because he believes that this his uh, spread offense or this midpoint offense works in the NFL, and it works to a certain point. But you saw you saw everybody catching up to that real quick. You have to have the players to run that stuff, and maybe he trusts his players. You get rid of Shady McCoy. You get rid of the uh, uh, Deshaun Jackson. You just, you traded Deshaun Jackson. This is out of respect to me. Okay, you, you could trade players anytime you want to, or whenever you have to or need to, but you traded him to Washington like he's not a threat to me. You got rid of the shady because you don't want him to destroy you. Why didn't you trade him to a Dallas or or a team in the division, the Giants? And because if he had to play you, he's gonna destroy you every time. The guy's twenty six year old, about to turn twenty seven, mm-hmm. still has everything you say he didn't have, and and what that was is he's not breaking tackles. He he don't have to break tackles when nobody's catching him. Yeah, well, at the same time, two different positions. So at the running back position, yeah, Shady McCoy, he gonna touch the ball. You are gonna see the damage he does with. Deshaun Jackson, you can hope that you had the right secondary uh, ready to go that week. You know, he might kill you one week, but the second, the next week, you probably won't. You can still win the game, even if he has that 200, 150 receiving yards. If Shady McCoy getting 150 against your team, you're not, not likely the chances of you winning that ball game ain't going to happen. Who, the opponent? Yeah, yeah for because they control playing the against the Eagles. Say yeah. if you, like you said, go to a Cowboys, Redskins, whoever in the same division. Yeah, that running game controls the game, controls the clock. You can't stop the run game, so no. Send them to Buffalo. <laughs> send yeah. them to somewhere you ain't got to see you, them. But um, don't you, exactly, send them. <laughs> you ain't got to deal with them twice a year. But don't you agree, uh, you guys agree with this, that uh, if I'm, if I got one receiver and I'm passing the ball, you can't stop that. That opens up everything else as far as what I don't do offensively, especially in that offense that he's in. Because it's a midpoint, you don't know who. You got to have a quarterback that can run, and I, mm-hmm. and I don't think um, – I don't think Sanchez is the guy. He's nah. a good backup, and I don't think um, the quarterback that got hurt, who had twenty seven, was twenty seven and two. Tied Peyton Manning for uh, touchdowns in a game. Mm-hmm. What's, what is his name? Nick Foles. Nick Foles. I don't think Nick Foles is the guy to run that offense. No, he's because not. You got to be more Sanchez. He's hoping he can get a, a Mariotto. 
He can I, honestly. I if I don't see how he can get him. If Tampa Bay takes him, takes Winston at number one, and they will. Mariota is going to drop in that draft to the point to number six to the point where I don't know because because number six. At, if, if he doesn't go number one, Philadelphia has some talent, has players where they can trade up. If he really, if they really believe in that system, it's going to be on defense because you can't. You're not trading anybody on offense. There's nobody on offense. That's fine. Then you, you don't have Jeremy a defense. Macklin. You yeah, Macklin Riley, might not be there. Riley Cooper. You have Riley Cooper just signed the contract last year, I believe. Jeremy Macklin is up. You have Nick Foles, who teams like Houston, oh. who are looking for quarterbacks. You got Markson. I mean, you got some guys yeah, that's you valuable. You can. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. So Houston, they can make. They the can trade Houston two first round draft picks to get Mariota, when and boom, Houston there goes draft. your system. Look what they. Look what Washington did for uh, RG three a couple years ago. They traded the whole house. They did a, a Ricky <laughs> Williams situation, and look at what that house looked like now. I'm I'm just saying. Well, at the same time, you got a coach who dealt with Mariota before. You got a coach who knows that Mariota knows the system like the back of his hand, and who could come in and be productive. You know how it is in NFL. You you learn that system. You know the system that takes off for your whole career. Right, and the NFL is all terminology. That's why he'll mm-hmm. be a good fit. But the the um, Philadelphia Eagles picked twelfth. I mean twentieth, I believe. They picked twentieth. They're gonna have to give up a whole lot to move up to even get him. If he doesn't, if he doesn't give up Nick Foles, you give up a defensive player and a couple first, a couple draft picks. Okay, now look at your team. I think Mariota is (laughs) what you just getting rid of one player. You get him Nick Foles. No, you're not. You get a couple draft picks. So you gonna win the Super Bowl that year? Then I'm not saying you're gonna win the Super Bowl that year. Rams want to. I mean, look. I'm thinking Rams are gonna try to go off uh, Mariota at the number ten pick. That would be good because Sam Bradford, smart as he is, he he, you ever heard the saying, "You so smart, you dumb." Mm -hmm. He. uh, He's a smart, intelligent guy, mm-hmm. and, and you know what? It's not his fault that he's got hurt. he's been hurt. It's not his fault at all. For a while, they didn't have an offensive line to protect this guy. Mm-hmm. It's not his fault. Now you look at the uh, you don't even sleep on the St. Louis Rams and what they may do in this division next year. They was one of the teams that the Cardinals and the the uh, Seattle and Fort Niners were afraid of, yeah, to some de- some degree. But you you giving up all that stuff. You got rid of Shady. You you think just getting rid of Shady is um is is I I I, I freed up some cap space. That's not the case because now you're looking at guys in the locker room saying, "How do we give up our best running back?" I know Darren Sproles over there, who I, in my opinion is still one of the best, also at what he does. Mm-hmm. But you giving up um, a guy like that, you you talking about money now? You're not talking about uh, the mentality. Of the locker room of we watching our one of our best running backs go to another team. It's it's about the system, man. That offensive yeah, playbook. Yeah, it's about the system. I know. I believe in the system. Darren Sproles played system played well in that system better than uh, Shady McCoy did last season. Mm-hmm. And because yeah, Lashawn McCoy was like, I'm guaranteed two thousand. That man, I don't even think he even broke a thousand. So therefore, you get that out of there now. Obviously, you can find another back in this draft, which I said this draft is loaded with running backs. If not this year, you are not finding you another find back another. in this draft that's better than the Shady right now. I'm not saying better than the Shady right now, but he can fit the system. I'm trying definitely. to win right now. You can win every team trying to if win. If you pick right up now. a back, if you pick up a running back that fits your system, you're going to win. No matter if he doesn't have to run for 1500. That's not true. 
If true. you get a quarterback and your running back in your system, oh, that, they did that, it at Oregon. St- that Oregon system, you're you're guaranteed a thousand yards oh, in that Oregon playbook. Right, you're talking in college, right? And moving that system to the NFL, man, guaranteed. you got different players. You in college, <laughs> in college, you got but the system works. You got eight. I believe the system works. The system works. It's guaranteed your you're running back getting a thousand. In college, there's mm-hmm. a pro- on your team. There's probably eight superstars. In the NFL, there's 22 superstars. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. So one, of the, you can find a superstar in Darren Sproles. You can find a superstar that I heard Darren rumors Sproles. of them picking up. Darren Sproles is a superstar. Yeah, rumors are getting picked up with uh, Mark Ingram coming from New Orleans. He's a free agent. They can pick him Pierre, up. Pierre, um, who was Pierre? You um, can get some guys for cheap, man. These running backs are going for cheap nowadays. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I don't think I believe it. I believe that he believes in his system so much that he can do what he's oh, yeah. doing right now. Oh, absolutely. I don't believe mm-hmm. that. Um, and if you, you you better have a backup to Darren Sproles, who I think can run the system well. Mm-hmm. You better be able to give up, be willing to give up everything you think you're gonna give up to get uh, mm-hmm. Marcus Mariota. Who you picking twenty? I would give up Nick Foles. Yeah, and that's just one pick. Couple though. picks to, to even jump to number ten for St. Louis. St. Louis get you Nick Foles on that squad, round, but you got to give up some first round picks to move up. You you picking at twenty, not ten. If you picking up ten, you take your chances. Or you might if you picking up ten, then that stuff makes sense. But you're giving up a quarterback who has the production, who's produced in the NFL, Nick Foles. Foles. One year. Put him, put him in St. Louis. Why did he produce two years? <laughs> two years. He only played two years. He only played, he only played a year and a half. But he's, he's on he's his way. He's been backing up. He's on his way. He's been injured. He, he, he sat out for injury a couple he games. He had his greatest season two years ago when he went 27 touchdowns. And that was when he was healthy. The next season... He he wasn't healthy because he got in his offense. He got he got deep into this offense, and he, his system is not fit for Nick Foles. He wasn't the quarterback at first. Michael Vick was the quarterback, right? Yeah. And that was just supposed to be the it, system for Michael Vick. We thought Philadelphia <laughs> gonna be dangerous. They got an option, but Michael Doug, Vick. Yeah, but Doug, don't I? I can see Nick Foles going to St. Louis, playing in their system better than he fit in Philadelphia system. Mm-mm. Yeah, I could see that because Foles is more of a well. I won't say he's a pocket passer because he showed last last year he can run. Did he? But he's more of that prototypical sit back in the pocket and sling you kind of quarterback. Right. But he can run if you need to. So Thank it opens you. up opens up their <laughs> offense a little bit more. He gets a little bit more options. And that's St. Right. And that's St. You know, Louis. But, I mean, we 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 know how the draft works. We got you know we see one through thirty right now in the first round, mm-hmm. and during the draft, everybody's going to be switching. They're going to trade draft. So. It kind of makes – I like when looking at the mock drafts because you know, and everybody else knows, this isn't the way it's going to happen. People are going <laughs> to trade up. They're going to do different things. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't even look at mock drafts anymore <laughs> like I used to just because I know it's, it's – The mock, dra- the mock, dra- you know, the mock draft – So much that day. Yeah, that's somebody uh, – oh, we got to go to break. <laughs> the mock draft is uh, somebody's opinion just like the draft is somebody's opinion on what these guys are. We're going to, we're going to take a quick break. I'm, we just going off. Uh, it was interesting. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back when we finish the show. Uh, Jody Harris' case was a mistrial. Interesting. We'll be right back. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. 
Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Welcome back to Formula Sports Talk. Demi Lachey in the studio, Doug. Online, on location, somewhere. We back. Before we went off the air, I said Jody Arias. Jury is deadlocked in sentencing retrial. She escapes the death penalty after killing somebody in 2008. We wasted all that tax money on watching. I didn't watch it, but I glimpsed at it. All that tax money on this case right here to find out what the obvious is, but she escapes the death penalty. Crime and supposed to talk. We're gonna, you know, we talk about everything and anything. Um, we were talking uh, Philadelphia Eagles and trades and Shady McCoy. We did a little of uh, uh, Donnell Dockett. What's next on the list? Um, four triple doubles in a row. Oh. Ooh, that's a bad, that's a he's bad Mamma Jamma. He's still not your MVP, though. That's a bad Mamma Jamma. If he was healthy, all more. if he played more games than him, not him. James Harden and Steph Curry this season, definitely. Nobody's even talking about Steph Curry anymore like they should be. Steph, because it's James, it's, it's Harding, James Harding, Steph Curry, and, and ever since the uh, All-Star break, Westbrook has been on fire. He's been on fire. He's been outstanding. Now, he's coming for that how many games? Spot. How many games? Yeah, how many games they have left? I believe because if he does twelve for oh, the Thunder, nah, they, nah, they 12 have angle, 12 eleven or twelve. If he had twenty games left and he and he did this and a triple double, and I'm not saying he had to have forty nine or thirty points, but a triple double if he had fifteen, fifteen, and ten, he might sneak up out of nowhere and get that MVP. Oh yeah, if and he, you know everybody if he averages that for the rest of the way. Which he could, and, which he, well, he's showing it. But they got to win too. They's not, they yeah. not losing these games. Yeah, if they make the playoffs, and it's just the reason why I think Steph is getting passed up now, being talked about. He's quiet. I mean, a lot of people, you know, you got to throw Steph Curry in there. That's fine. It's because his team is loaded. They've been together for quite some time, and he that now don't don't get me wrong. Now he is performing. You know, he is still standing out on a great team. Don't get me like that's why he's in that race, but. You got guys like Harden who has to lace up their shoes every single night, who has to go out there and perform at the top-tier level just for them to get a win. You got guys like Russell Westbrook who's got to get a triple-double, mess around and get a triple-double every <laughs> night just for them to get a win. You know, LeBron James has to go be the tough guy, be the enforcer, be uh, Cleveland City, holy God, whoever he has to be, be King James every single night just to get a win. Well, LeBron, a superstar, he always, you know, he comes alive when nobody is talking about him. Right. 
Nobody, no, nobody's talking about him. So then he shows up. Okay, Ice Cube. When he he messed around and got a triple double four <laughs> times. He um in a row. In a row. Now he has to win. Now I'm not saying um when you say he did it without this guy, James Harden has to do it without that guy. Westbrook's doing it without, without KD. Uh, mm-hmm. Harden's doing it without right. the the um with the the ball snatcher, the grabber, or whatever he is. <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> um, Basketball, it is. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of, and Curry has his team. He has his team set that the uh, that the coach before has set up. But these these guys, Curry been cold, hard. The Golden State Warriors, they 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 used to have the best record. I don't know. I know they got the best in the West, but I'm looking at what Atlanta doing over there. The MVP, as I see it, still is controlled under. And you know how the NBA or any major sport loves a story? Mm-hmm. They'll love to say this is the first time ever that back-to-back teammates got the MVP of the league. Last year, KD, Kevin Durant. This year, be uh, Westbrook. Mm-hmm. I think James Harden still holds the 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 uh, uh, holds the MVP in his hands right now. Nothing changing, and then season finishes out how which everybody is on pace. The season finishes out how it does. I think. You know he he gets the MVP, James Harden, and then probably you probably put. So Kerry. you still got Harden at the top of your list. Yeah, yeah. I've got Harden at the top, but if Westbrook continues doing these triple doubles, mm-hmm. it's gonna gonna it's gonna push him to number one because you're gonna start forgetting about James because all the hype's around Westbrook right now and what he's doing, and they're gonna take a look at <clears throat> he's come back from injury and then he's produced this way. That to me shows more of an MVP than just someone that's been healthy all season long and it's kind of done the same thing. And I'd love to see Harden get it. But well, see, that don't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. You say James Harden been healthy all year long, but he been balling out all year long, and and it's not West, it's not uh, Russell's fault that he's been hurt, but he came back and he blew up. We've seen this, uh, and, and I, I think I said this after All Star. He's gonna be on fire now because he got that confidence. And even though they don't play defense in an All Star game, this guy have four straight triple doubles. Now I, I'm saying what you do all year long. Not the hot right now guy, Russell Westbrook. This goes back to when I, that's why I talk about the Heisman all the time, who they give it to that's hot. Not a guy who's built a resume. They give it to a guy who's just hot right now. He made a play against these two teams. So he might be the, he might be the MVP or he might be the Heisman. I'm talking about Russell Westbrook doing what he's been doing all year mm-hmm. with KD. Mm-hmm. With KD in the lineup. James Harden doing what he's been doing, even though, uh, as Doug mentioned, he's been healthy. But he's been doing it all year. It's been, it's been him by himself. Dwight yeah, Howard. Look at, at Westbrook. She's put that team since he's come back now in playoff contention. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's, when I look at MVP, what, what have you done to the team to, to help rise the team? Houston's kind right. of stayed up, you know, up there all year long. If, if Westbrook wasn't doing what he was doing as far as his production, OKC wouldn't be in the eighth speed look at, you know, and I don't think they're going to hit mm-hmm. San Antonio the rest of the way. They could. They will. Just still about four, three and a half games out. So. They, will, they will beat San Antonio. You're talking about an eight-seed team in Oklahoma City Thunder who's probably the number two seed in the, in the West. Or, right. No, I'm saying, okay, see, they're in the eighth spot right now. I don't see them surpassing San Antonio. Oh, okay. To get any higher. Okay. No. But yeah, but just with Westbrook, his production, pushing them up in the playoff spot and the wood they've had to come to since he's been, um, he's been healthy, that to me shows MVP more than than Harden at this point. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they would never be in the eighth spot. He wouldn't have to bring them back if it wasn't if the both of those guys wouldn't hurt. They was hurt at the same time at one point. Yeah, it was hurt at the same time. Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. Yeah. So them being where they are, we we know they better than the eight seed team, the Oklahoma City Thunder. This is a team that's supposed to win it two years ago or a year ago. We know they're better than the eight seed, but both of them being hurt puts them behind. They was at tenth. And Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook went on this run that's MVP caliber, and he's got his team in eighth place. I don't think one month or a month and a half makes you uh, the MVP when one guy been doing it all year. Well, and I, I like OKC being the eighth spot because the playoffs were in right now, and I don't think Memphis is going to catch up to Golden State. You got Golden State and Oklahoma City for the first round playoff. That's going to be a that's going to be a series right mm-hmm. there. It, it, it is going to be a series. It's going to be a shootout because mm-hmm. and it's all be going, it's all going to predicated of if Oklahoma wins, it's going to be the predication is going to be on if Russell Westbrook can stay within his game, not try to shoot lights out for. You can't go back to back with uh, Kerry. You can't shoot lights out with Kerry, but he will try he because he's dominant. To. He don't need to. He exactly. doesn't need to. That's what I'm saying. And I don't think he will. Go back to back games. Russell Westbrook is a he's an energizer bunny at twenty four seven, like twenty three sixty five. He he goes that green so, so light. You never seen Westbrook say this man to man. We going man to man. You never seen. He's going to take him to the oh, cup. He, 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 yeah, I'm saying. You know, he, he don't, I'm saying he don't for them to win for them mm-hmm. to beat um, Golden State. Mm-hmm. I think he used the rest of the team. He don't need to. You're right because he'll hit thirty five points and he was like, where where they come from? Mm-hmm. Because he just move up and down the court. But if he's going one on one against somebody, Oklahoma City will lose. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you can't. They will yeah, lose. Yeah, you're right. Against yeah. against the uh, Splash Brothers. Mm-hmm. Against who? They started going one on one, but the difference was Bledsoe got his team involved. Right, right. Westbrook right. was trying to do it on his own. So that's that's Westbrook's downfall is that maturity level. And right. I think he's matured in that aspect too, because. I, I, he felt he felt like because the last play of the game he could have took it in overtime again against the Suns and he tried to go to the other side but he thought maybe he thought that was the move because he right. could he drove to the basket it's, there's nobody I don't think there's anybody quicker than him in this league he drove to the basket but he thought it would have been blocked on the front side then he tried to reverse it and end up hurting his hurting his leg or something his knee or something mm-hmm. uh, but not to end the game not to leave the game it was just a, a play whereas he should have just kept it on the same side of the basket. Right. You're talking about a guy to go coast to coast with as soon as he touched the ball. Hey, you watched the game last you... night? Oh, my God. Yes, I did. Coast to coast. Coast to coast, put it in with two. With with ease. Right. Like, like get out my way. Like, I can do this ten more times if I wanted to. And, and he drill. can. And he could. He... And he can. I can see him doing this night. Because in the playoffs, you play, what, every other night. You going right. against OKC. You, I mean, uh, Golden State every other night. He gonna bring that energy. How is Steph Curry gonna, you know, step up and defend that that monster? What's, that's gonna be tough. What's basketball? That's that's ninety four feet. Ninety four feet. Mm-hmm. Sixty and ninety four. Hey, but it's Golden State. You've got to be a little upset that you're playing OKC. That, oh yeah. Like we talked about, they're like they're a number two, number three. They can control their own destiny they're though. Playing number eight. Oh yeah. You're expecting number one, you're gonna have an easy round. You know, playing an eight seed, and here you are stuck with OKC. Well, Kevin Durant and Westbrook being hurt during, uh, early in the season puts them in that situation. Yeah. Who oh, else gonna step up? They don't have any other shooters that's gonna step up and can carry the game. They got somebody. They got some guys over there that can that can shoot, but that can carry the game. Didn't he just trade somebody? One of the was it Lee? No, Lee is still. 
on the roster. <clears throat> they traded somebody with some uh, had some significance to that team, uh, but can he carry the game like Westbrook been carrying the, the team since Kevin Durant's absent? So let me ask you this: If, if you're going to stay, would you rather first round play San Antonio? Okay. If I'm, if I'm yes, if I'm Golden <laughs> State, I don't care who I'm playing. I think we number one. I don't care who we playing. Now number eight, the number eight, Oklahoma City Thunder, they not a number eight team. They number three or four. Exactly. They number three team or two. Mm-hmm. With both of those guys being healthy. Well, and the reason I say that is for Golden State, they're they're four and a half games up over Memphis. You know, if if you had the chance to play OKC or San Antonio, I, I think I'd rather take a chance with San Antonio. You try to let Memphis catch up on that number one spot, drop down number two. I think you play San Antonio. Let me say this before we get off the air: Don't sleep on Memphis. Of course, yeah. don't sleep on Memphis. Don't sleep on Anthony Davis. Right. Don't Last night on... he came back at thirty nine and eight blocks. Remember, he was talked about MVP this season. You remember, He's back you remember, healthy I said that was going to be my MVP. He's thing. trying to push for that AC as well. They one game behind. Right. And then I say, yeah. this guy will have the MVP in two years. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Beginning of the season. And don't sleep on the Pacers. Man, really. What? They a half game out the AC, I'm telling Yeah, in the don't, East. All right. Well, in the East. If they make the playoffs, they're going to make a run. They beat Atlanta last year. They did, but they're yeah. not doing that. And they beat Washington. But they're not going to do that this year. Right. Unfortunately, we got to get off here. <laughs> Dougie B is on the line. Uh, tomorrow's Friday. I don't know if it's Fireball or, or Honey It's on me hey, Friday. It's on I've got, got a special present I'm bringing in tomorrow. You got what? Whoa. Special present I'm going to bring in tomorrow. Dimmer Lache, Kwame Lache Sports Talk, Dougie B. We out of here. Appreciate it, Kevin. for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.